When you start your business, no one ever prepares you for what's in store. So finding someone else who just gets it is sometimes the thing that can keep you pushing toward that big business goal. We're turning our Zoom coffee chats into a weekly unfiltered podcast for online business owners. They were so good, we always wanted to record them and repurpose them for content anyways. And that's on being a social media manager. I'm Jessica Sheehy. And I'm Madeline Dygan. And this is Hashtag Managed. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Hashtag Managed. I'm so excited and I'm probably going to say that at the start of every show, full disclosure, for the rest of the year because I'm just really excited with the direction that the show is taken and everyone's feedback so far has been really awesome from Madeline and I's first episode. But Madeline, hey, how's it going? How's your weekend? Hello. My weekend, it was pretty chill for the most part. Didn't do anything crazy, which I'm I'm okay with because I feel like with the holidays, like I'm still recouping. So I was not mad about it. I was not mad about it. What about you? Yeah, same here. Just really relaxed. I feel like I'm trying to just bounce back from literally we're at the start of the year, but I'm with you with trying to bounce back from the holidays. And it's that social media manager fatigue. I feel like that's a real thing that Mm -hmm. we just go through. That's what I'm feeling right now. Yeah, I feel that. I think so many people are always expecting us being, you know, quote unquote, social media managers to always be online. But to be honest, I can't even tell you if I went on my personal like social media this weekend. I really, really went all in and unplugged. Okay, I lied. Well, I lied. I did do something like fun this weekend. I feel that the social media manager fatigue is real. But when you get so I have a new client. And she you guys, she has her stuff together. I have a phone. I have a laptop. She has all the content photos and I'm just like, it's a breath of fresh air. So like that, so I did actually spend some time this weekend working on just like kind of getting acclimated to where all the digital assets were. And again, but I'm just like a nerd like that where it's like, I hate saying that I worked on the weekend because, you know, it's that is such a big boundary that I'm still working on. But to me, I think it's it's okay. Like if you if you when you get in that creative jam, I say lean into it. But yeah. okay, so that is what I did this weekend. (laughs) But I feel you. Yeah, I love that. But let's normalize, like you said, normalize working when maybe is outside of that boundary that you set. And I think it's completely okay to set boundaries with clients and then, you know, have our own boundaries, working boundaries as well. But I feel you when you are working just, I like to say in flow with a dream client who has their stuff together, has all this content, it makes the job fun again. And I feel that with certain clients in certain industries, just whether it's like what I'm marketing or how I'm creating the content or if I have like full creative freedom, you know, to pull in, pull out all the creative stops, then I just really feel like I'm in flow. But I love that. And I love that it was one of those things that you were like, I didn't really do much, but when it came down to it, you actually were working, but it was with a really awesome social media client. So I feel like that's a great way to start the year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And 
I that just made me think of when I'm texting or on Slack slacking you and Harmony where I'm just like, okay guys, sorry, you don't need to pay attention to this, but like sometimes when you have those ideas, you just have to get them out. So mm-hmm. I yeah. I feel you on that one. And I guess full disclosure, I definitely did do a little bit of working this week, but it was not too much work this weekend. So a few days ago, and actually in between recording um, episode one and this episode that Madeline and I are recording now, we had a team content day at Social Savvy and we shot for two clients and then we also shot for internal content for us. My goal is that the content lasts us for six months, so two quarters out of the year. It for sure will last for one quarter, and then probably by the end of Q1, I'll be feeling a little bit out of flow with that content and probably want to do something fun and creative again. But that day was so much fun. One, because we could all be in person, and so working online and just working from our phones and just honestly just working remotely is sometimes super lonely. So being in person and actually being able to do the thing was so cool. But there's something about doing content creation that it's a personal goal of mine to lean more into my personal brand, but also as a professional goal to lean more into content creation in 2024. It's like Madeline mentioned, when you don't have content for a client, it's like, ah, but when you do, it's like the best thing ever. And I felt over the past year and a half, just you know, personally on the clients that we work with, we've had a big lack of content and we've been creating a ton from absolutely nothing, which I feel like is super impressive and sometimes does not get the awards and accolades from our clients (laughs) that it should because we're just pulling stuff out of thin air and pulling, you know, out of, you're pulling out all the Canva templates, the CapCut templates, and you're just trying to see like, okay, what trend or, you know, what can I apply Mm -hmm. to this brand at this moment? Um, that can be really exhausting. So anyway, we had that content day. And so I'm sifting through all the content we created because we map everything out in terms of all of the trends and pieces of content that we need, especially deliverables for our clients. But then we really just from there sift through everything and just go through all the content and see what else can we create from it? Because we take a lot of B-roll. So I did spend a good amount of my weekend going through all of that. And it made me really excited to just start creating more content again from having this. So I guess Madeline and I both kind of started the show with we did nothing on this weekend, but we actually did like a lot of things. So. I love hearing though about your – I love – watching other social media managers behind the scenes of their content day because I really do feel like that is where we get to shine because yes we are on our phones and we're like taking in all the content getting ideas but then day of you really like you I don't know about how if you guys started off with one idea but then as you guys were doing it something didn't work and it's like you came out with something 10 times better like that's how it is for me always and like oh yeah I I love 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 content days. Like ah, yeah. they're the best. They really they are, are the best. They are the best. Yeah, they. It's so it's so great to have that like creative freedom of the day to like you said, Marlon, have an idea from the start. And there was full disclosure. I had a couple of ideas that were a little bit out there that I'm like I want to switch things up, especially when I feel like. I see other social media managers or social media companies post content. It all feels the same. Mm -hmm. So I was feeling a big draw to just kind of have a little bit of fun with it. 
Now, full disclosure, I had one idea in my head and it just was not working out with like the actual studio we were shooting in. It was giving like weird um, boy band like album cover art. <laughs> so I don't know, maybe we can, maybe a trend will pop up in 2024 and we can use something with that. But we had to really redirect. But once we redirected, we shot content that was like not even on the plan, not even mapped out in our like big content spreadsheet but it was so good. So I'm so excited and I'm super eager to get everything created and published for everyone to see. But yeah, content days are just the best. So I'm trying to set a goal to do more of them in 2024 because it's one of those things that there's a lot of things that bring me joy being a social media manager, but being a business owner, we do a lot of things that also don't bring joy. So I'm going to lean more into that this year. I love that. Yeah, same. I'm going to I'm going to copy that and do that as well. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, Madeline, should we get into our first segment of today? Do you want to kick us off? Yes, let's start off with our water cooler segment. And again, a reminder for those of you who are just now tuning in, our water cooler segment is where we are currently reading submissions from the hashtag managed Facebook group correct yes okay <laughs> can you tell i'm a newbie you guys <laughs> but yeah so let's get into it okay so again these are all submitted anonymously and i will begin this social media manager says i'm so frustrated and need to vent you know it's gonna be good i've been working as a social media manager with several clients most of them have seen great results but right now i'm struggling with one particular client we began posting two weeks ago, focusing mostly on short video formats, yet there haven't been any sales and we've only gained three new followers on Instagram. The Instagram and TikTok profiles for her company have been dormant for the past two years, so they are essentially inactive. Despite her having many followers on TikTok, since I resumed posting, the views haven't exceeded 200. To check if it was a content issue, I created an alternate, alternative TikTok account, and interestingly, the content there performs better in terms of views. I can sense her frustration because she's hardly receiving any inquiries about her products, and there's no significant growth in followers. This is unusual for me. With other clients, we typically see a surge in TikTok followers and substantial views within the first few weeks. I'm perplexed, especially since she's in, sorry guys, I promise I can speak, especially since she's in the exciting beauty industry. She has provided a modest budget for ads, but given the current situation, I'm feeling uncertain about it. Additionally, all of this is making me feel insecure about myself. Oof. Wow. That's a lot. <laughs> that's it, a lot. And that's a heavy burden to hold. In mm -hmm. a new project with a client. But let me say this. So I actually specialize in the beauty, health, beauty, and wellness industry. So I've worked with a lot of beauty professionals and some beauty brands. So the first thing that stuck out to me was that it's a product. And I don't know about you, products on, selling product on Instagram can be tricky. TikTok, I think that is definitely a place for you to blow up um, 
like product sales, but again, Pinterest is probably the other where I would tell somebody, but mm-hmm. that's neither here nor neither. The what stuck out to me and makes me so sad about this entire thing is, I mean, we mentioned this in our very first episode, just the insecurity and imposter syndrome. And it is not you. I can promise you that it is not you. It is not the content you're creating. But it's I mean, that's hard for social media managers to Except, I I think, personally, um, I don't know. What do you have to add, Jessica? Yeah, I agree. And it's really hard, especially I know they mentioned that they typically get really great results really quick. Mm -hmm. I want to just really emphasize the time of this project. I think one thing that I have always tried to be really strong about from initial conversations with clients, whether that's on a discovery call, like our onboarding call, whether that's just on a monthly meeting with them, is just the reality of what they're going to get from what I'm doing and from what we're doing as social media managers, because it can vary. Mm -hmm. And there are so many things that play into it. And even even accounts that are brand new, accounts that maybe weren't dormant for so long, or, you know, accounts that, like in this instance, I think they mentioned that the accounts are dormant for at least two years. That is a really tricky thing to kind of have expectations for it to do well in two weeks. I feel like Instagram's algorithm and even TikTok's algorithm from the sounds of it, that it's not able to leave that like, quote unquote, like 200 view jail that a lot of accounts get stuck on on TikTok. It seems that it's really confusing. And all of those followers are just not seeing the content because they haven't seen it for two years. So I don't really think it's an instance to kind of sound the sirens with, oh no, I'm doing a terrible job or oh no. I mean, I want to say applause for creating that second TikTok to kind of, you know, A-B test on one platform. I think that's awesome. I think take that though. And since you've already done all that work to create that second TikTok, make that decision right now. What's the best like business decision? Which TikTok account should you create or should you keep? Sorry. That way you're either, you know, staying on that old one if there are a significant amount of followers and just giving it more time because it, it really needs time. I mean, it sounds like majority of the work you're doing is organic. So give some time for that. But and also to that point of being a little bit patient on the timeline of things, figuring out what the realistic goals should look like. I think this is, Madeline, this is probably the hardest question that I have to answer for clients when they say, like on a discovery call or even on the onboarding call, setting goals is a, for me, I set them on a sliding basis because I don't ever want to like halt my success because I thought for some reason we were going to grow by like 200%. And maybe we grew by like 42%. So that doesn't look great, but I already set myself up for failure by creating such like an outlandish goal. So I think if we set goals that are a little bit realistic and when I like to set goals, I honestly like to set them at 90 days. I am most of the time not so much doing them at 60 days 
I very rarely am doing them at 30 days because to be honest, I really don't think with all the work that has to go in with a new client, can I get anything great at 30 days? I don't think so. So I'm definitely not setting them at 14 days. No, I 90 days for sure. Because even my contracts, like I explained to them where I'm like, you can, again, where we both know, the listeners know, yes, you can see results in a month even a week, even possibly a day. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, like you said, I don't want to set myself up for that for that failure because a lot of the times it's out of our control. And one other thing I want to say um, or advice, I, maybe this is good advice, since the account was down for two years, something else I would try and maybe this social media manager has, but really – leaning into engagement. So community outreach where it's like, again, where it's kind of go through, make sure you are following accounts and maybe you're not following a lot, but letting the people who the client was following, like know that you're back, you know, start and really go hard on the Instagram stories. But I would say like the community engagement that, that you'll Normally, I see a lot of good results when I do that, you know, when because I've had clients like that, yeah, where it's like they haven't been active in X amount of time. So hopefully that's mm-hmm. some good little advice for, for them. Yeah, absolutely. And I wanted to touch on something else that you brought up, Madeline, too, because I thought it was really good, especially for this vent sesh that we have in this segment. With the fact that it's a product-based business, mm. I think that's one thing that if – and oh, okay, so many things to unpack. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. I got to like step back and do it really quickly. But so the first thing that's coming to mind, and obviously we only know as much that as Madeline read in the anonymous post. So, you know, if you, you know, are ever submitting anything to us, please give us all the info. So we would all love to literally all provide the tea. free, like, yes, we'll provide everything that we want to share about that topic because we both don't hold back. Um, so again, just kind of going off what we know from what was read in this segment and knowing that it's a product-based business, I would be really interested to know what the actual product is because, and again, really big disclaimer that we're talking about two weeks of social media management. So not a ton of time has happened. We obviously don't know what content has been provided or like if they as a social media manager are creating content with the product. But since it's a product, I would be really interested to know what that product is because something might be off with that kind of like educational component behind the product's Mm. use, which Mm -hmm. I think kind of goes back to the content side of things with, you know, is it an opportunity for having like micro influencers or like UGC, so user generated content, aka the people who use the products, let me see you using the products. Or how do I incorporate the products in my life? Whereas a lot of times, you know, we're just looking at a product-based business on TikTok or even on Instagram and we're like, okay, cool packaging, cool branding. Like I can see it's this product, but I can't actually like grasp what the actual like benefit of the product is, what transformation I'll get. So, so many things are kind of coming to mind with that, with just with it being a product-based business and just having, you know, a lack 
of inquiries. And again, I'm using air quotes on the lack because I do think it is so short to kind of go with that. So Madeline, I, since this is your, you know, this is the beauty industry is your bread and butter. Mm -hmm. I would love to know, is there any advice that you would maybe give to maybe like tweaking that content strategy with a product-based business or just honestly, any like best practices that you would recommend? The user-generated content for sure is that's going to be, especially if it's, a, wait, she did mention that there was an ad, right? Or am I thinking of last week? No. Yeah, I think they, I think she said there was a okay. little bit of a budget for okay. ad but, spend. And even so, where, so that's always nice, but especially if you're feeling a little insecure, I don't, and I'm speaking for myself, I always first like to succeed with the organic marketing and then add in the like the monetization um but the user generated content that is cuz again with a product reviews and that goes back to um again our first episode about de-influencing and um just how that cuz also the beauty industry is so big. It's literally a billion dollar industry. There are so many products out there, but that's not to say there's not room for, again, I wish I knew more about this. And I really hope mm-hmm. that, I really hope that whoever submitted these are listening in. I really hope that you, even from last week, I really hope you guys do DM us and like give us more details just so that we can chat offline or like off the pod and become online besties because I really want to know even more information if you're willing to mm-hmm. share it with us. But I would just say keep go like keep going seriously. Um and even with so with the user generated content too like do it with your like you can film that own content, you know, where that's kind of the beauty about products whenever I've had clients because it's like ideally I am my client's target audience as well because that's what will make it hard. Sometimes like I have gotten products where it's like I am not this target market at all and that always for me personally makes making content kind of challenging. So that's actually been one thing that I've been leaning into these past two years is like only saying yes to like my dream clients, you know, where again, if we mm-hmm. could go, if I could go back in time, the number of times I would tell myself, don't say yes to that just for the, no, the money comes. I promise you the money comes. Like you're just going to hate yourself. You're going you're gonna to be like, yeah. why did I say yes to this? I yeah. hope that, yeah. I hope that no, answered I, your question. I, yeah, no, that was perfect. And I think I love your point that sometimes as social media managers and that great thing about having a product-based business is we can create that UGC content really easily for our clients. And also even better if we are that target market, say for example, like, I don't know why, like a thing that's coming top of mind, maybe it's like a, maybe it's like a hair care brand and it's like the shampoo specializes in, um, you know, like dry hair and like brittle hair. And I don't know, maybe that's something you have or have had like in, have that experience that you can really tie into that emotion of, okay, like I, I've had this, this is what could really help. And here's kind of my like dry hair before I've added this hair care product into my beauty regimen for, you know, a week. 
you know, here's a few washes or here's a month of washes and like kind of look at these results. And so again, that's super specific to hair care and might not even <laughs> totally be this industry at all, but can really kind of lean into that. I wanted to also just add one last thing, just kind of my thoughts from the segment, because I feel like I get asked this all the time and I always try to think of what's the best way to describe this, but I hear so many people who feel that insecurity of being a social media manager. And I really think there's such a beauty in being a social media manager, especially in 2024. We have so much like industry knowledge at our disposal to learn about these platforms and get better in our skills and learn about strategy and learn about organic versus you know, paid advertising and like learn all the things. So I think it's a really awesome space to get into. I know it's intimidating to get into anything new because, you know, we're all new at one point, we're all a beginner. But I think when it comes to really getting rid of that insecurity and that imposter syndrome, whether it's with this client or any new clients that might come on your, you know, client roster, is to always be confident in your abilities and I get this question a lot, like, especially if it's an industry I've never worked with, I never feel like a fear of creating content for it or growing that industry or, you know, creating for this account. Because at the end of the day, I like to think that I market the same way. Like if I can really understand that like target audience, like for this imaginary hair care brand, like, and I know their demographics, so I might know a little bit about their, like, hair health history and, like, their daily life, like, the things that play into it, right? And I can kind of tap into, like, that further, like, so the external things, which is all of that, the internal, right? So, okay, if your hair is falling out, like, I've struggled with that in my life, like, you know, I, I can tap into that emotion or, you know, maybe I know people in my life who've had that. So, going deeper into the internal and really understanding someone's audience, whether they sell products, maybe they sell like services, like maybe they're a stylist, maybe they're not even in the beauty industry, maybe they have something else. But if you know who they're selling to, it's really going to help you market that product so much better because always remember you're creating for them. So I just want to share that little like small tidbit because that's something that I feel like I share all the time. So might be helpful for this water cooler segment, but also to just anyone listening who's wondering if they have that ability to market, you do and just lean into that audience. You also just gave my beauty professional, like my personal, like the buzzing blonde audience, so much good advice. Like I need people to understand everything Jessica just said. That is take it to heart and Yes, because again, you would be surprised. You would be surprised. Something that I found in the beauty industry is that they a lot, and again, I'm not speaking for all, but a lot of the times they're making products for the, like they're marketing to themselves. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You and your audience may have a similar, like, yes, you guys might be very similar, but there are definitely going to be different traits and mm-hmm. yin and yang. At the end of the day, it's yin and yang and everything you just said, just brava, brava. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to, Madeline, this question just popped in my head and I'm going to throw it out of nowhere. It's kind of, it's related to what we're talking about, but don't feel on the spot for this, but it's really, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer to this, but I've been thinking about this a lot lately, just in terms of like the content I've been creating. Like this is a, a big theme that it's one of those like 
I guess, unpopular opinions that anyway, I'm just going to put it out there and I want to hear what you have to say. And then I'll kind of like go into my thought behind it. Um, But I'd love to know, Madeline, do you think a business owner, so like our, our clients or not, not just our clients, but like a business owner in general, the creator of the brand, the seller of the services, whoever, the entrepreneur, do you think that they're the best marketer for their business? That's a good question. No, no, I don't. Yeah. I agree with you. 100%. I think that I think that business owners who think that are uh, hurting themselves more than helping themselves because it goes back to I lo- I'm sorry that I'm keep bringing up our first episode, but like I, I I'm kind of hoping that by mentioning that people are like <laughs> we got our OG followers here, but. Like it goes back to the attorney thing, you know, where it's just like that is their specialty. I would not expect mm-hmm. them to know how to like they did not go to school for that. And I'm again, I know like a lot of social man- managers don't necessarily go to school for marketing per se, but right. you hire. I think it comes down to you hired me. I am the expert. I think that yes, a good business owner is going to have some knowledge in marketing, where but their knowledge is going to it's going to be like the client I mentioned at the beginning of this, who give you the keys to the kingdom to be like, here you go, okay, I trust you, like go make magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, that's such I, a I good question, with- though. Like, I like, la- yeah. <laughs> These are like the random thoughts that I've literally been like thinking about for like several weeks. So if you ever wanted like a peek inside of my brain, that's what I've been thinking about. I've literally, I have like a notes app so full of just this one question and I've been like thinking it through and I've been asking a ton of people just because, and I've honestly have gotten a mix of answers. Like some people say no, some people say yes. And I love that because I think, well, you know, I think a healthy debate in anything is really important. So, and I love everything that Madeline said, and I, I agree 100% with it. And as you guys all know, like we're, <laughs> I threw that question out of the <laughs> blue. I did not put that in our podcast outline, but I think, you know, as the business owner, you know, more than anyone, like the product, like what's being sold or the service that's being rendered more than anyone. And you have that like really strong like mission or why, you know, there's so many terms that people will say behind why you created what you create or why you do what you do or why you serve who you serve. And I think that's so important. And so that's where I think to Madeline's point, you do yourself a disservice if you don't hire a marketer and you don't hire a social media manager and you do another disservice if you don't trust them to do what they're good at because you think you can market it better. And so I think, you know, for one thing, and I think about this too, especially, you know, at Team Social Savvy, I actually don't do a lot of our social savvy content anymore. I play a big role in, you know, I say all the things and that, you know, gets turned into content by our team. And I always want to act as like my best client because I don't want to, you know, look at someone on the team and be like, hey, like fix this and change this and do that. Unless it really goes down to that like underlying mission of the business. So if you are a brand owner, entrepreneur, small business owner, you know, client listening to this, this is not us by any means saying you're not a great marketer. We're just saying that you are the better business owner. You're the better entrepreneur. So if you are marketing it yourself for right now, 
now, that's totally fine until you get to that point to have a social media manager or marketing team, whatever that looks like. But if you do have a social media manager, don't find yourself micromanaging a lot of the things behind the marketing, but really focus on, you know, making sure everything is factual to the business and the mission and the why. So I think that that is just so fun. So I just wanted to throw that in. I know I'm just like adding <laughs> to to our outline with with that, but I thought that that would be a really kind of interesting thing to just talk about. And honestly, a fun thing for everyone listening to kind of think about as well, what they think. Yeah. Perfect. Well, let's dive into our second segment. And if you listened last week, then you know that this segment is called Show Me the Numbers. So in this segment, we're going to dive into um, every week just either data or a case study or just anything from, you know, either of our businesses. And so we're at the start of the year, so we don't have a ton of data to go from. So probably for the next couple of weeks, we'll be pulling from 2023 numbers. But one thing that I wanted to share, it's a case study that we recently created at Social Savvy. We have a client, and I want to say full disclosure, because I'm going to tie this into the water cooler segment that we talked about that growth as well, because I think everything needs to tie in together, right? There's always like a little, I always fine print with things because I don't like to market in a way that like makes false claims. So anyway, so this week for our case study, we had a client that we started working with in, let's see, March of 2023. And full disclosure, it took about four to five months of working with the client to start seeing great organic growth, number one, to honestly get in a great like workflow with the client of getting content, producing that content, getting it approved, topic for another day. (laughs) And that took a while. And so we also did a content day for the client. So again, kind of stems from from this. And so when we did that content day, we really strategically mapped out everything that we were going to create for the client. Every reel we wanted to create, we focused on evergreen original content to Madeline's point, you know, listen to episode one, we talked about that last week with our 2024 trends, because I don't think originality is going away in the new year. And so when we did our content day, we produced a lot of short form content that tapped into really small emotions from our audience. And we created most of this content from comments that we saw on Instagram posts, Facebook posts about how this audience felt. So we already knew that it was going to do well. So we posted this reel on Instagram and to date it has around 240,000 views. So they have an audience of 30,000 views or 30,000 followers, sorry. They've been around since 2015 on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, They've ran ads pre-COVID, so before 2020. So from 2015 to 2020, they had ad spend on Instagram and Facebook. So full disclosure on that as well. We focus 100% on organic marketing now, especially since we've had our content day. We've had a lot of like what I like to call viral moments with content that's done really well. So that reel has done really well. And then on Facebook, so we posted on Facebook because they also have a pretty big audience over there of around 20,000 people. Again, keep in mind that Facebook page has been around for a long time. That Facebook page was around and thrived during the Facebook page days that we all like remember and <laughs> miss, to be honest. And so that same reel on Facebook got 1.5 million views, which 
is absolutely crazy. So that being said, it was 100% repurposed from Instagram. And the video, since it was original audio, we didn't use a trending audio on either platform. So we didn't need to tap into Facebook's terrible (laughs) reels audio that they have on that platform. And so again, just throwing that out there, because one, it's a really awesome win. But full disclosure, it took a really long time to get to that point with the client to get that growth. And a big part of that was around that content day that we did with clients. So to be honest, if we didn't do that content day, um, we probably would not have results even remotely close to it because their um, business is actually a community. So it's I feel like it's even harder than a product or service to sell. So just wanted to share that for show me the numbers. That just made me think of something. Now I'm going to like throw a question at you that I've been thinking about. Ooh. Do you think a new trend – I forget where I saw this too I because I think I saw somebody – maybe it was on threads, like put this out into the world – that more and more companies are going to bring an in-house social media marketer like it – And I don't mean like a Fortune 500 company. I mean like the cute little boutique on King Street bringing in – because actually, if I'm being honest, that's actually what I'm doing for this new client. Like I'm now their in-house marketer. Mm -hmm. And I I personally – like I personally love this because – and I've done this a few times actually. And I feel as if – when they do bring you in-house, because I've done it for salons. Like I've been the in-house marketer and I will go to the salon, take content. And it's like you get fresher content more often. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Do you think that we're going to see a lot more of that? Yeah, I do. And I personally am really wanting to lean more into that too in 2024. And so I always joke with my husband that I'm kind of getting back to like my 2019 business in so more ways than one. But a part of that was because I was in-house for several clients doing doing all the things, but it made it so much easier to really capture the essence of that business. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that. Um, and so cool that that is what you're doing for this new client. But Madeline, can you just uh, like describe or define in-house like marketer or social media manager for those who maybe like don't know specifically what it is? Yeah. And hopefully I don't like butcher it, <laughs> like explaining it. Um, Because how I would explain an in-house marketer, I so they've hired the Buzzing Blonde, which is my business, but I am one of their employees. So I will go in and that's how I would probably explain it the most. (laughs) Would you add anything? Yeah. But but I will say that it it is my – like I do enjoy this and it's funny that you said that it would – that's kind of your 2019 business and same and I for, I've forgotten how much I do enjoy it because I do get enjoy getting to know the staff and mm-hmm. feeling like one of them because I also think I've also though when I've gone when I've been an in-house marketer um social media manager sometimes I will get some of the employees who are turned off by it and it can kind of be not like drama but just Mm -hmm. not the warmest coziest so I always like try and make sure to like 
really get to know the staff and before where it's like can we grab coffee like I actually just discovered the graphic designer who I'm going to be working with is a Swifty like a hardcore Swifty so I I messaged her last night because I was supposed to meet her today but something came we're just we're meeting tomorrow but I texted her last night and I was just like I just want to say like I'm so excited really hope this doesn't come across as creepy because here's the other thing a social media manager is like 100% I'm gonna stalk every single one of you and know your life story <laughs> like that's just the thing <laughs> so but of course I was like I hope I don't come across as creepy but like also fellow Swifty here so anyways mm-hmm. in, in summary in summary an in-house person or in-house marketer is some like you are an employee for that said company. I think that is the best way I can explain it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. No, I think that's the perfect way to describe it. And I love that you made that connection because I think that's what it's really all about is really, this is going to sound so cliche, but literally being a team player. That's the role that you kind of step into. And then I think from that point, you can Oh, it just opens the door for so much greatness as a marketer because you're kind of learning all of the things that you need to know to create better content and be that better, like, you know, customer service person because you're in comments and in DMs. So I think it really is better. And I will also, I want to add to that too. I think it's also really important. Maybe you're just starting out as a social media manager or maybe you're a veteran like us. But I think it is so important to learn how you want to, because again, I still have my business. I can still be an in-house marketer and still have other clients on the side. But yeah, my packages, like, again, you probably won't see me. This is going to sound so bad. Like, again, there maybe there are going to be so many marketers cringing right now, but like, Yes, I'm going to still be promoting my services, but not as hardcore as like if I'm trying to like get a plethora of clients, you know, or leads where it's like, I'm still organic marketing. At the end of the day, like that is who I like organic marketing, beauty industry. But what's funny is that this in-house one, not beauty, it's a boutique. And so it's just funny because a lot of the times too, even after I niche to the beauty industry, I still have people who aren't in the beauty industry reaching out to me. And I think that like that is one of the biggest compliments I think you can receive from your audience mm-hmm. is, you know, where it's like, even though I niche, because again, I do love the beauty industry. I love working with salon owners, beauty brands, so on and so forth. But when you're when you do niche and your mind is always in that industry it can become you know not boring but stagnant maybe that's the word i'm looking yeah. for so like it's fun though yeah. to have other clients who aren't in the beauty industry mm-hmm. yeah i love that i love that no and we'll we'll definitely dive into i know of course you know last year we did an episode and really dove into like niching down into the beauty industry but we'll dive that into that as we get into more episodes. Well, awesome. Should we go to On My Feed? We have a couple of hot topics, I guess we should say, for On My Feed. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So this week, we're going to go with what's been on my feed. And so I have two. So we're going to start with, we're going to start with what you, what you think I want to start with. That was very wordy, but okay. Mm, Okay. (laughs) So 
<laughs> hey dudes. Okay. So my husband wears these shoes and they're called Hey Dudes. And they're I need everybody, I need to, everybody like, to like as they're listening to this. If you aren't aware of what Hey Dudes are, like look it up on Instagram. They're like they're okay. They weren't my they're favorite. Okay. Like they're, they weren't my the favorite. The marketing behind like, it is like you can dress it up, dress it down. It's a very like surfer, <laughs> like beachy type vibe. Okay. Yeah. If you know me, you know my husband would tell you that we moved to Charleston because of the show Outer Banks. That is not true. Okay, like no, it might have been some of of the reasoning behind it but it is not all but he also knows like chase stokes also if chase stokes is listening to this i promise i am not creepy i'm not a stalker like i swear i promise i just want to be here that sounds so creepy <laughs> anyways anyways i <laughs> have like some restraining order or something anyways okay yeah where i'm going yeah. with this where i'm going with this is so I love Chase Stokes. My husband knows this. Like, it is what it is. And so obviously, so I follow Chase Stokes on social media. And all of a sudden last week, there was this like beautiful, real campaign for none other than Hey Dudes. And I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me right now. Like, this is hilarious. So I then, of course, because obviously I was not following Hey Dudes, go it's beautiful. So again, if you are the social media manager, marketer at Hey Dudes, I applaud you. Let's bring you on to the podcast. Maybe you can hook me up with Chase. Anyways, again, we're just trying to be his friend, not his stalker. Um, <laughs> so anyway, where I'm going with that, though, is as I was scrolling, I was like, oh my gosh, they shot one of the... Um, I don't know if it's – I can even say it's an ad because I don't think it's sponsored, but I'm sure they're going to use it in ads. But they shot these pictures at this local coffee shop here in Charleston called Sightsee. Also, shout out to Sightsee if you're their social media manager as well. Love you guys. Love the coffee. Love the vibe. Love everything. And as I'm looking at this picture, all I could think was – could you imagine being that social media manager, like getting the call where it's like, hey, um, so next Tuesday, Chase Stokes is going to be in the coffee shop to film this campaign for Hey Dudes. Mm -hmm. And I just kept thinking to myself, too, where I was just like, you know what? I've like encountered some pretty cool situations like that. No, I don't have any celebrity clients yet. Let's also put that into the universe. But you know, like there's like some cool, like our networks are really cool. And that was when Jessica came to me in the beginning, that was one of my first thoughts too. I was like, oh my gosh, like Jessica's network and my network combined. I'm like, we're going to take over the world. Mm -hmm. Not really, but you know, yeah. where it's like, it's <laughs> awesome. And like, that's why I'm so excited to be on this podcast too, again, to like get to see and meet and hear from the social media managers listening in and like what is your coolest experience have you ever like seriously have you gotten one of those calls like from somebody who's like hey by the way such and such is gonna be here because if so i need to hear these stories i want to hear these stories please share these stories um yeah so that was the first thing that was the first thing on my feed um basically talking about local and yeah. being able to collaborate like again i just love to cuz obviously they filmed the show here and i'm sure like they looked at his calendar or whatnot but to me i'm just like that's awesome that 
you know, if you live in Charleston, you know, you know. And to me, I'm like, that just brings in, who knows, maybe there are some other crazy girls out there who moved because of this show. I don't know. (laughs) Anyways. And then the second thing on my feed is obviously the Golden Globes. So the Golden Globes were on last night. This episode comes out next week. So the Golden Globes will have been old news by then. However, what I want to bring up, though, is for social... I think this is something we don't talk enough about, is that social media managers, marketers, like... I feel like we all like we all have those holiday content calendars. You know we do. We all have them. But what I haven't seen, and so maybe you guys take this, take this little tip, use it, I don't know, but like including award shows on your guys's um content calendars or at least cuz again, where award shows may not um relate to your be trendy enough to you know post about for your clients but if so like yeah the reason I'm watching these is for those memeable moments we all know it the red carpet moments um Mm -hmm. I'm not surprised that our girl Taylor ended up being the most viral meme no we all Mm -hmm. knew that was gonna happen I also think her green dress was giving the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo, everybody's saying reputation slash debut. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm a debut girly. Mm -hmm. Like my biggest flex in life is that I saw Taylor Swift open for Rascal Flatts. So I, mm, I don't know if I, I don't know if I can't, I don't know. (laughs) And that concludes what was on Matt. That was such a tangent. That concludes what was on my feed do you have anything you want to add I love that and I love the point around like you know we're in award show season Mm -hmm. and so even if there's not a specific moment from the Golden Globes that you could put into your client's social media content calendars if it is get it in quickly like Mm -hmm. sooner than later that's one of those things that's always kind of like in the back of my mind and I think other social media managers mind as well like okay we've got to get this going and get this sent over ASAP right get that approval that you might need before you post it but get it up because if it's going to be relevant and it's going to land really well then you know it's going to do really well and it'll do well from industry to industry but yeah I think there's always at least something that makes a viral moment from an award show that you can take in one way or another sometimes it's positive sometimes it's not so positive but you know I think especially with like all of the stars always showing up in like the best fashion and of course just depending on you know what's going on in their own personal lives will lead to like other news stories from from the night but yeah I I love that so I think leaning into you know what's kind of current and so I think that really plays into both the stories that you brought Madeline because I think like re- I'm sure really awesome extensive like PR team for like Chase Stokes and for Hey Dudes <laughs> and you know for even the show Outer Banks as well but just talk about a collaboration that just when you again when you know your audience and know your people that just works really really well so I love both of those stories and I think that those were awesome so that was that was so cool so <laughs> if you guys have any 
again, anything that you want to like share with us, or even if it's on any of the episodes that we do, definitely DM us at hashtag managed. And, you know, we're new over there on that Instagram account, but we're getting it up and getting some fun content over there. But we'd love to hear from you. So DM us if you, you know, maybe know more details about this Hey Dudes (laughs) slash, you know, Chase Stokes campaign or know anything at all. You know, hey, even if you work like, you know, social team, PR team, marketing team for Golden Globes, definitely, you know, let us know. That would be cool. Yes, that'd be so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before we wrap up the show, we want to talk about something that is honestly, I guess, on everyone's feeds right now. So it's not part of the on my feed segment. But Madeline, are hashtags dead in 2024? You know, I'm gonna go with no. I'm gonna go with no. No, I agree. No. They're they're definitely not dead. They're not being used like they were last year, but they're not being used like they were in 2015. I was just gonna say, I don't think think they've evolved. I think they've evolved just like everything else on Instagram. Agreed. Agreed. I think especially social media managers, entrepreneurs, marketers, small business owners, they they are using hashtags and they are searching through hashtags. Now, consumers, everyday Instagram users, they are not so much searching hashtags. It's not to say that they're never searching hashtags. They're probably searching branded hashtags, campaigns, so many different things. But they're not typing in hashtag coffee shop, right? They're searching coffee shops in Charleston, which leads me to my next question, Madeline. Hashtags versus SEO. What should we do? What should we know? What should we do on Instagram? I like to explain to clients that hashtags are are like keywords, like your SEO keywords. And I think we also need to talk about hashtags on TikTok too, because exactly on TikTok, people are using those longer, like the t- the hashtag hashtags act as that SEO cert. Like seriously, because when you go to TikTok, I don't know about you guys where it's like, if I'm going to the late, my latest fixation is the sleepy girl mocktail. This went viral. Mm -hmm. Like I think probably last year I'm, I'm late to the game, but since I was late to the game, I obviously I heard about it like through the grapevine or whoever, and just went to TikTok and typed it in. And then of course, all like there were so many videos of the sleepy girl mocktail but again that i think helps a client also visualize and understand a hashtag where it's like it is this everybody's using it and like this is where because people are starting to use instagram and mark my words mark my words Instagram's little search engine is going to become more and more like TikToks. Like just yeah. It just is because yes. it's because TikTok search is beautiful. Like it seriously is. Like you can I don't know. It it's yeah. beautiful. Like yeah. that's the only way I can explain it. It's just convenient. Um mm-hmm. but back to sorry, the original question. The original question was SEO. Um yeah. I would say Use your hat like again, where and I you see a lot of people testing out the hashtag versus the SEO, like you know, just typing it out, not mm-hmm. using the hashtags. I'm gonna tell you guys to test it out to see which what because again, you just need to see what works best for your mm-hmm. content and your client's content. 
Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And I agree. I think always, always, always test. That's always so important. And at the end of the day, if you're thinking, how can I make my content more searchable to have more people find it on Instagram, find it on TikTok? I think it's going to play into two really important places. It's going to be a text box on your TikTok or on your reel. You know, forget the whole kind of cutesy things, put the keywords in there, put the specifics, the, you know, why this is the best coffee shop in Charleston, or, you know, I'm like fixating on that (laughs) campaign still. Um, Or, you know, especially in the caption itself. I mean, I love a creative caption. I love it when it's worded so great and witty. And I love that. But I also love a caption that serves a great purpose. So if there's any specific keywords that I need to put into that caption, put it in there, put in those things that people are going to be searching on Instagram or on TikTok or any platform in the text box and in the content itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we are already in an hour, which I feel like this is the fastest hour. I might have even said that at the end of last week's episode. So prepare for me to fixate on like the same starters and same closers for this show, at least for a while. But um, this is by far my favorite hour of the week. So I'm super happy that we scheduled it for Monday. Best way to start off the week. So thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. Again, be sure to join the Facebook group, hashtag managed collective, or follow us on Instagram at hashtag managed and DM us over there. We'll have some fun content coming there soon. And yeah, thanks so much again for just being an awesome part of this community. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't already, hit that follow button. And if you really love us, be sure to subscribe wherever you are listening from. And if you want to be one of our online besties, you can shoot us a DM over at hashtag managed on Instagram and let us know what your biggest takeaway was from this episode. Or, you know, you could also share all your deepest, darkest secrets. Kidding. But we mean it when we say you can shoot us a DM. We love building real, authentic relationships with you. 